It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hi, I'm Jake from Locked On. What do the teams you root for, your music playlists, and your podcast feeds all have in common? Spoiler alert, they're a reflection of you, and that's what the State Farm Personal Price Plan has in common, too. It gives you options to help personalize your coverage so that you can protect what you care about most at an affordable price just for you, so you can see more of yourself in everything you love. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices vary by state, options selected by customer, availability, and eligibility may vary. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. The Dallas Cowboys get an ugly, ugly win over the Tennessee Titans in Week 17. We discuss it right now on Locked On Cowboys podcast. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily Dallas Cowboys podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Locked On. On. Cowboys. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in. Let's thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. I am Marcus Mosier. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. He is Landon McCool. Check him out on Twitter at McCoolBCB. Landon, the Cowboys have gotten to 12 wins yet again in very a very, very ugly game in Tennessee. Yeah, I mean, the key thing to winning 12 games is that sometimes you got to win the ugly ones. You're going to play in them. Like, you, you know, it's not going to be clean games in all 18 weeks. Uh, in all 17 games that you play. So the the good teams win these games. And the Cowboys, you know, look, I mean, they had backups everywhere. Everybody was falling down. There's a lot this back-to-back short week, terrible field that was rained on. There's every excuse for both of these covering. sides. Yeah, he's still covered, you know. And, and, and I, I think it's, it's just – it's easy to like, you know, make excuses for, you know, why the Cowboys should win big time. You know, they have a bunch of backups in there and there's lots of reasons to, you know, for the Cowboys to feel good about it. Um, but it's still it's still difficult to go out there and win a game in the NFL on the road, um, you know, and, and especially late in the season sure. when guys are banged up and, and leaving. You know, th- I think the injuries make that difficult for both sides too i think that's yeah. something that you have to look into yeah i mean we're not going to sit here and tell you that that was the most convincing win the cowboys no. had all season or they look crisp or you should suddenly feel better about their playoff chances because of a game like this but at the same time it's a short week dallas i'm sure didn't know who the starting quarterback was going to be until this afternoon when we mm-hmm. found out that yeah. josh dobbs was going to be it so they probably were scrambling to find any preseason film that they could find on Dobbs. Yeah. And it's all new players uh, on defense, whatever. You, you you win by 14, you get out of there. Hopefully, hopefully there's not too many uh, uh, injuries coming out of this one outside of Tyler Biotish, but you got to win, and that's all that really matters. Yeah, I think the Tyler Biotish injury is obviously the, the, the most important thing about this whole game, to be honest. You Which know. we can talk about a little bit. So he went down, I think it was 
man, was it late in the third quarter? Very late in the third quarter. Yeah. Uh, got rolled up on. Um, came back to the sideline, had a boot uh, uh, on his ankle. Sounds like it's a high ankle sprain, which. That's dodging most... a bullet, man. Well, <laughs> like, in a lot I, of I ways. Mean, he grabbed his knee. That was what yeah. I was concerned about. And yeah. I, which is weird. You actually see that a lot of times with these guys when they get yeah. high ankle sprains. They just kind of grab their knee, um, yeah. but it's actually like a, a up on the ankle. But anyways, for an offensive lineman, I've seen guys come back in like two to three weeks with that Absolutely. injury. It's not as bad for like compared to like a receiver, but there's still a decent chance he misses round one of the playoffs. Definitely. You know, I mean, I, I think that it's interior. I think with interior offensive linemen, it's a little bit easier, you know, because of just the uh, restricted motion that you have inside, you know, you're, you're moving quickly, but you're not moving far. Um, so I think it's, I think it's a little bit easier to kind of hide that a little bit from what I understand, but yeah, it's, it's possible to come back in that shorter time. I think I've seen it before with, with offensive linemen, offensive linemen seem to be the, the position that if you're going to have a high ankle sprain at that offensive line is probably the position to have it. Um, but it, that is still a very tall order to ask him to come back on such short notice. Um, and, and honestly, it's, it's a tough call too, if he's going to have to come back in his first game is against Vita, Vita Bay. inside. Yeah. yeah. The good news is because this happened on a Thursday yeah. and the Cowboys might have a meaningless game next week, you can rest them, give him, I don't know how many days that would be 15, 16 days to get ready for that that game and if he's not ready for that one and you happen to beat probably Tampa Bay you know maybe he's ready for the divisional round but as we saw tonight Dallas does have options Connor McGovern played center to finish out the game you saw yep. Jason Peters playing left tackle Tyler Smith is playing left guard there's a chance that that actually might just be their best five on the field at the same time I mean obviously we hate this for Tyler Biotis but there's a chance that those this might just be your best five offensive linemen. You know, I think it's going to be interesting to see how well Jason Peters can continue to hold up because, I mean, he looked he looked very good tonight at left tackle. Um, and, and it was, you know, exactly where he is is tough to say at times, right? Because last time we saw him was at right tackle and it was kind of the second week of it and it wasn't uh, as good as he had looked the first week he had had to step in yep. and play right tackle yep. for Terrence Steele. So to kind of see him out there playing left tackle was good. And I think he, I thought he yeah, had some good snaps out there from what my eyes could see, you know, the, the broadcast tape. Uh, I think that that's honestly going to be the kind of weak link there. I, you know, Connor McGovern, I, I think he's taken enough snaps at center. Um, he obviously has enough experience and playtime experience to, you know, physically hold up in, inside. Uh, you know, there's a, there's a chance that maybe he's even better physically inside there just because he's a little bit stronger. I think it, the question becomes about the calls, about yeah. the snaps and that sort of thing and how quickly he can pick that part now, up. Now, again, this is the the good news about this happening with still one game left in the season is I think Connor McGovern would be a guy that, hey, I, I, I'm fine playing all 65 snaps next week against Washington yeah. at center, right? Give him as many yeah. snaps as possible. And those two guys that he's going to be facing there are going to, be just as good as the ones he's playing yeah. against Tampa Bay. Yeah. Let him, you know, kind of work out some of the, the kinks kind of going into the playoffs. Yeah. You know, Tyler Smith's got to get his feet wet playing left guard again. You know, I mean, I, he, I think he did pretty well tonight. He had, I think he had a holding call at one point, but yeah. uh, I think for the most part, um, you know, he, he's, he's obviously spent a lot of time in training camp playing the position. Uh, I, I do think it may take him a little bit of time just to kind of swing back in and, and, and get his feet wet there. But if that's the long-term solution there, then then, then so be it. And that's, be that's 
I do. Yeah. I want to talk more about the offense in the game. We've we've got to talk about Dak Prescott. Yeah. Yeah. In the interceptions, which we're, gonna, we're, we're just going to be talking about it. So I know. It's, it's, I know. Can't can't say anything about it. All right. Uh, but before we do that, a public service announcement from NHTSA. Did you know that driving high is considered driving under the influence? That's right. Driving under the influence of marijuana is against the law in every state, even in states where marijuana is legal. That means driving high could get you a DUI. And if you think law enforcement officers can't tell when you're driving high, you're wrong because your friends can tell, your coworkers can tell, your parents can tell, everyone can tell. So what makes you think that an officer that's trained to do this won't be able to tell? Driving under the influence of marijuana can slow your response time down and change how you perceive time and speed. So even if you think you're fine to drive or you're high, you're not. Because the bottom line is, if you feel different, you drive different. And driving high is driving under the influence. So remember, drive high, get a DUI, paid for by NHTSA. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Lane, let's talk about Dak in this game. He has three turnovers. Uh, one interception that he just threw a terrible ball to the middle of Peyton Hendershot's chest that happened to bounce off his, uh, you know, Shoulder, or, you know, right between his numbers. It, it didn't even bounce. It, 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 it was like a rugby try. I, I was just on with Peter, and 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 I just was saying, like, it's it's like unlike anything. It hit him right in the chest, and then it's like he grabbed it with his chest, and then shovel passed it over <sighs> to the safety. It, it was, it was nuts, man. It yeah. was crazy to watch. The second interception to Kevin Byer was a bad throw. Now I I understand what happened. There was a guy that jumped in front of Dalton Schultz, so he was trying to throw it behind him. Probably just didn't see Bayer. Whatever. That's a bad throw. Uh, anyway, you slice it. The fumble on the, the center quarterback exchange, I kind of just want to put that on both of them. It seems like it was a little shallow from Tyler Biotis, but it he pulled like Dak, back. He pulled back a little quick. Dak, like Dak pulled out a little bit there too. So um, three turnovers. Obviously, they've got to clean that up, but it's just more of the same. Some are on deck. One clearly isn't. The other one's up for debate. Uh, you know, and, and again, I think my takeaway from this is um, I, I, I don't want I'm not pulling back on Dak, you know, like he continues to play good football to, in, in spite of having these turnovers. I would rather Dak play like this and, and score a bunch of points than try to go into a shell and, and become too conser- uh, conservative. I mean, that's because tonight's a perfect example, right? You have two interceptions and you still score 27 points. I would be concerned. Landon, if like they're only scoring 20 points a game and he's having these turnovers, right? Yeah. But if you're going to be scoring 27, 30, 34 points a game, you can overcome it. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, look, I mean, I think it's going to be – you change the kind of uh, calculus there uh, depending on your opponent. So, you know, that maybe you don't take some of those ch- same chances or the same at the same time or in the same way uh, when you're playing Tampa in the wild card game. But I, I just think that – 
you know, we, we mentioned it last week, I think even that Dak led the league in turnover, non-turnover worthy plays that, that turned into interceptions, right. Where plays that he threw the ball where it was supposed to go and it clanks off of a receiver's hands and into uh, you know, a safety's hands. Uh, like, look, we talk. Another thing we talk about all the time is turnover regression. That that works both positive and negative. You know, <laughs> like at some point, that's it's just going to stop. You know, it's just not going to continue to happen week to week. And that's kind of what where I was at halftime. I think I tweeted something out to the extent of, I just don't believe that the Cowboys are going to average one turnover a drive for the rest of the game. Therefore, I believe the Cowboys will likely win this game because they yeah. were the better team. And and I think. You know, you're not going to be able to get away with that against better teams, obviously. But I also think you're not going to try the same things against better teams either. And it's why I wasn't nervous at halftime. I was talking to my friend, Elliot Harrison, um, and I said, the Cowboys had three turnovers in the first half and are still winning by four. Yeah, exactly. It's a pretty, good, pretty yeah. good indication that you're going to be fine the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's obviously it's it's not something you want. No. But you have to look at how well the offense is operating on every other level that, that obviously is more than making up for it. And you don't really want to put a governor on that. You don't want to put yep. a tamper on that. Uh, let's talk about the run game a little bit. Obviously, they struggled a little bit to run the ball. Malik Davis, 10 for 39. Ezekiel Elliott, 19 carries for 37 yards. Dak, 3 for 11. They just didn't block very well. Like I, I wish I could I had something more insightful to say, but they just didn't block well. They ran a lot on first and second down, and I think it was purposeful. Yeah. I think Calamore and Mike McCarthy were trying to just keep that clock running. Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah, and I think Tennessee knew that Dallas was going to do that. Yeah, I think that they were running into plays that they would have checked out of at times, honestly. And I think I think they had there were times that they had bad numbers and they were still running the football. I I think they were just trying to kill this game because. They knew the longer that they were out on the field, the less good things that could happen. I mean, honestly, I think if, if you could have gone to both teams beforehand, looked at the field, and, and legally have said, hey, should we just call this thing off? And, yeah, you know, that, I, I think well, both that, the rain would've. didn't help, right? It was raining pregame and it's just choppy. It was not great conditions for a, a well-played game. And, and I think some people we, – we, you and I were talking, and, and I, I think some people took this the wrong way, but I said I, the, best, the best thing the Cowboys can do is win this ugly. And, and I, what I meant was – just run the football just so it's safe. You know, I, I felt like, you know, anytime that the, the Cowboys were dropping back the pass that, you know, I'm just concerned about, you know, the, the offensive tackles making the wrong movement and buck, knee buckling. And I just felt like if you could get, you know, physical forward momentum in the run game, yeah. it was just the safest way to cut the, the amount of time that players are on the field. And obviously I think when you're being the physical enforcer, as opposed to being, uh, reactive, I think it's better for you know the chances of you kind of tearing a ligament or, or twisting yep. an ankle, that sort of thing. All right, we're going to talk about the offensive line later next week. Once we yeah. kind of get some time to go back and watch the film, we'll talk about Jason Peters, how he played at left tackle, what Tyler Smith looked like at left guard, Connor McGovern, obviously at center. I'm still curious to see how Tyron Smith looked at right tackle. Yeah, you know, this yeah. is his third game, so just just wait on that. But let's talk about the receivers a little bit. Yeah, uh, CD Lamb, eleven catches for hundred yards, lower yards per catch than we're used to seeing, but third straight game with a hundred yards. Thought he was really good in this game again. Yeah, and and I think you know just kind of shows you the continued progression he has he's had there. You know he's he's eaten a ton of targets and converting them. I mean, again, that's that's 
uh, a, a 14 uh, targets and 11 receptions that I'll take it, you know, like, uh, and, and I just think as long as you're continuing to convert a lot of these uh, Schultz had another big night as well mm-hmm. uh, with, with some of the conversions. And I love the kind of mixture that we saw of T Y Hilton and Michael Gallup kind of filling in that second and third role, right. Is you, you, you see them both getting health, healthy targets. You're seeing T Y Hilton really being focused on uh, in third down situations, whether it's a, as a deep target to kind of open things up underneath or to be the guy they throw the ball down the field to or underneath, you know, and we talked about that, right. Is that he can do both of those things. We had kind of a middle range attacker in, in CD lamb. He was so very efficient at that, What the Cowboys needed to kind of counterbalance that a little bit more was somebody who could take a pass underneath and cut it up field for a first down. Like you saw T.Y. Hilton do someone to get down the field to, uh, draw penalties or, or or to get you know catch big passes. Obviously, Hilton did some of that, and then we saw a little bit of Gallup being involved too, just kind of making contested, continued catches, toe taps on the sideline, yep. being there when Dak needed it in, in breakdown of plays. Uh, the what the progression of where we're seeing the wide receivers going, despite you know some key notable uh, ex- uh, bad examples. I think for the most part, where you're seeing it going and, and where they're fitting T.Y. Hilton into this group is really, really encouraging. Yep. Uh, first drive of the game, the Cowboys had a third and five, and t- Tennessee was in off coverage, and they just run like a speed out with T.Y. Hilton on the yeah. left-hand side, yeah. and he's so good at just getting to that spot, and Dak put it on him, and – there you go. Conversion. That's what they just didn't have on this offense outside of CD Lamb. They just didn't have that other guy that you trusted to be in the right spot at the right time. That was encouraging to see. One play about CD Lamb that I wanted to mention. Um, wasn't a big play, wasn't a first down or anything, but this is his value. In late in the third quarter, Cowboys had a third and 15 at Tennessee's 37. And. I mean, they probably would have kicked a field goal there anyways from Brett Maher, but it would have been hard with the field the way it was. Yeah. The Cowboys throw a wide receiver screen. Dak actually throws a bad ball. It's like two yards behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, CD has to kind of reach back and get, get to, uh, catches it. Makes three different moves, gets 10 yards, and now it's a 45-yard field goal. You know, yeah. Rather than a 54-yard field goal, it's a 10-yard field goal. That's the value of CD Lamb, and I think that's why he's – becomes such a big and valuable part of this offense. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's, there's just times when you need a big play and you know, it's going to see lamb and they can't seem to stop it. You know, like yeah. I, they really haven't, it doesn't seem like very many teams have successfully covered CD Lamb in the in that over route from the slot. It's just yeah. an incredibly difficult uh, route by to cover by a receiver. That's uh, physically uh, difficult to cover, especially from the slot. Last thing on the offense. You could tell a little bit that the Cowboys missed Tony Pollard in this game. Not so much in the running game because the run blocking was so bad, but like on just the little flare routes and that kind of stuff where you can dump it to him behind the line of scrimmage and he can get you nine yards really quickly. I think that's the part of the game that they missed from Pollard. Yeah, yeah. And I I think, you know, they like to use Pollard in kind of creative ways too. And it did feel like it felt like the run game in general was kind of just was very stagnant and just kind yeah, of very, uh, not very, uh, uh, it wasn't complicated. Creative. Yeah. It wasn't creative. It just, it felt like, I mean, honestly, it felt like the Cowboys offensively were holding back, you know, whether in, in their play calling even, you know? Oh, so, yeah. uh, and I think that they, you know, they still won by 14 points, you know, and I think that it's because they can, you know, they, they don't want to necessarily go all out and kind of continue to put more, 
uh, tape on their, out there on their kind of more exotic run schemes uh, when they don't necessarily need to use them in order to win this ball game. So um, I, I, I kind of hope Pollard doesn't play next week either, especially on that field in Washington. Like unless unless the Cowboys still have a shot to win the division, I don't need to see Pollard, and frankly, I probably don't need to see Zeke next week. Anyways, just play Olson, play Malik Davis, give those young kids a lot of run, and let Zeke and Pollard look fresh for the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, you know, the the thing we're going to have to and we'll have conversations about this next week is you you run into a roster management problem when you try to sit too many people. So we'll have a whole conversation about that, but you know, as many of these people that they can uh, well, we obviously we have to see how things go Sunday with the, with the Eagles and Saints, but but as many people if they're going to sit people, they're going to have to figure out a way to sit as many of these folks hopefully as they can yep. while still being able to field a team that can actually, you know, be eligible to play a football game on Sunday. All right, let's talk about the defense. But before we do that, I want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for sports betting info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds and trends for every professional and amateur league out there, from pro football to college bowl season to basketball to the World Cup. They've got it all at BetOnline.net. And if you love sports podcasts, and we know that you do because you're listening to one right now, you can even find those at Bet Online as well. It's always the fastest and the easiest way to get your betting info. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Landon, the Cowboys allow 13 points in this game to Josh Dobbs. At times, Tennessee moved the ball well. Uh, They totaled a little over 300 yards. How do you think the Cowboys' defense played as a whole in this this game? Uh, I thought they played well. You know, I mean, it's just – I think at times they gave up a couple of big plays where uh, on a reverse, you know, one (laughs) – yeah, uh, and you know it's it's interesting what what this crew was calling and not calling. I mean, Tennessee obviously got the worst end of it for sure, but some of the stuff was just very inconsistent. But uh, I, I felt like you know there was a couple of big plays where uh, they they let guys get loose. They had a penalty, um, and 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 uh, you know for the most part on a down by down basis, I thought that the Cowboys defense was was killing was killing Tennessee, uh, and I also think that like. You take away, you know, the 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 turnovers the Cowboys ha- offense had in the first half, and we would be talking about like how the, the, the Dallas defense kind of shut the door early to this game with their with their turnovers, including a sack fumble, and um, so you know I, I think that if they could find a way to kind of tighten up, tighten up, no pun intended, <laughs> tighten up the uh, you know kind of big play production these teams are having at times. Um, you know, the, 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 the numbers would look even better. And, and even as it stands, they only, like I said, they only allowed 13 points. Um, and I understand it was against a ton of backups, but it, like you mentioned before, I, they go into this 
the entire week thinking they're playing Malik Willis. And then suddenly you've got Josh Dobbs, who's kind of a different style of quarterback. So, yeah. which is now what the second time that this has happened to the Cowboys it happened yeah. with Houston as well. So um, I thought for the most part, they played well. The pass rush seemed to be there at time uh, a little bit better against the, the back, you know, obviously the backups that the, the Titans were playing with. Uh, we got a sack fumble, which was nice. Parsons was hitting the quarterback a ton, but still couldn't get a sack. So, uh, and I think once he gets that wrap off, that'll help a little bit more. Yeah. But overall, yeah. I thought they played okay. There was just one touchdown drive that makes you feel like, eh, because there was 14 plays, 71 yards. Other than that, like the field goal they got before halftime was because of the interception. They, yeah. get, they got one ridiculous play from Traylon Burks. They got one big play to Racy McMath down the field. That didn't even lead to any points. Yeah. And that was really just about it. After the touchdown drive, here was Tennessee's yeah. drives the rest of the game. Six plays, 30 yards, punt. Two plays, four yards, interceptions. Uh, interception, eight plays, 20 yards, end of or, uh, turnover on downs. Four plays, 26 yards, end of game. Like they, they got one first down, and that was basically, you know, the end of a drive. So it was fine. Uh, they could have been better. Trevon Diggs picks off. Josh oh, Dobbs takes it to the Ugh. house. We're probably talking much, you know, way different about this defense because I think they ended up getting a field goal later. Curse on had drive. one too, where he was, where he yeah. ended up take, tackling the guy on a screen, and if he had had his head up, he would have caught the deflection right into his hand and, and take. So it they back. got Dallas got two turnovers. Nation Wright had an interception. Um, it was fine. Play. This wasn't the best defensive performance they've had all year, but it was far from the worst. Yeah, if it was 13 points against you know a normal NFL team, you'd be feeling great about it. But because it was a lot of backups they were playing, you, you know, you kind of expect more. But it's still it's fine. You know, it's just it's not it's not yeah. bad. It's just it, it's not noteworthy either. I mean, exactly. That's why I'm I'm not too worried about it now. We'll see about some injuries. Um, J. Ron Curtis got a little bit banged up. Malik Hooker got banged up. I think both of those guys came I th- back. I think all of them came back. Sam Williams was, got it, banged it, up. I know Sam Williams came Sam back. Sam Williams sure. came back. It was it was Curse, Wright, uh, and Hooker all got banged up, and then Sam Williams. And I'm pretty sure that all of them – the only one I'm not sure about is Hooker, but I'm pretty sure that all of them came back. Yeah. Um, the Deshaun Wright spot is going to be terrifying the rest of the way. Uh, he got an interception in this game. He has a couple of nice coverage plays, but man, I'll be lying if I didn't think of this game. Oh, Tom Brady's just going to look at Nashawn Wright all game long on those like seven yard comebacks to Chris Godwin and Mike Evans. Like that spot makes me really nervous as we go into the playoffs. I, you know, I, I mean, look, we will talk about it that week, but I kind of like Nashawn Wright's matchup against one, some of these bigger wide receivers. You know, he's so rangy that uh, yeah. it, it can make up the for the down it. the field stuff. I, I don't worry about It's just that is he going to give up seven yard cushions over and over to Tom Brady who can only throw the ball seven yards on every single play? We'll find out. Yeah, that's we'll a, find that's out. the we, best we, part about it. We'll we got we got some time before before that matchup. So, um, overall takeaways from this game: Cowboys won by double digits in a sloppy game on Thursday night football. Have I told you how much I hate Thursday night football? Mm. It sucks. It's the absolute worst. And, and they really shouldn't do this kind of schedule to to anybody. The cow the Cowboys. No one should play those kind of back to back short weeks, right? Where the Cowboys yeah. played a Saturday game and then a Thursday game, like that's. It's just too short, and and, yeah. and and the Cowboys kind of did it twice with with Thanksgiving, so it's really just brutal physically for them. Yeah, no, but the good news is the Cowboys have Long ten week. days to get ready for yeah. this Washington game. 
We'll or see. not, depending. <laughs> or not, depending. Or on not, August. right? Yeah. Or not, just depending on what happens this week with Philadelphia, um, which is going to add a really weird wrinkle to kind of the end of the season. But yeah, we'll talk about that next week. So yeah. uh, that is it for today's show. Thank you for tuning in. We'd like to uh, let you know about the Lockdown Sports Today podcast. We want you to t- make that your second listen of the day. Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories from around the sports world in 20 minutes or less. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and insiders like Landon, who just jumped on the oh, show before yeah. we came. Yeah. Uh, Lockdown Sports Today podcast available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Same places that you get the Lockdown Cowboys podcast. Uh, follow Landon. On Twitter, at McCoolBCB. I'm at Marcus underscore Mosher. Enjoy your victory Friday. Enjoy please, week 17. Please enjoy yes. it. Never apologize for wins. Never. Never. Yep. Uh, we'll see you guys next week. Bye, bye, everybody. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.